Welcome to Mouthing Off with Olivia. Hey guys, it's Olivia Caridi from The Bachelor, the girl with probably the biggest mouth you've ever seen. But now I'm using my huge mouth to talk really smart things with my favorite reality stars, influencers, YouTubers, you name it. They're going to mouth off too. Bam. This is Mouthing Off with Olivia. Okay, I know I say every episode is my favorite one, but like this could be it. I have Amanda Marsh, who was the first winner of any season of The Bachelor ever. Hi. <laughs> I mean, I always say the winner is like a weird term. Right. It is weird. I know. I kind of air quote. The final rose person. <laughs> the Bachelor was Alex, who we saw actually on the greatest of all time or whatever. We, we all want to know, like, how the heck you could even have gotten cast for this show at the time, almost 20 years ago now, when it was in its inception. I mean, wh- how did you even find this thing? I think, well, it found me more so. Um, I had not heard of the concept or the show. Um, I was living in Kansas City, and a girlfriend of mine from childhood had been in LA. Um, she was Miss Kansas, you know, and had been out there in the entertainment industry and she wanted to move back home and she was actually moving home to get married. And so I had quit a job within a few weeks of that time frame, moved into my middle ex older brothers, moved into one of their homes with their family. I felt like the biggest loser at the time. Okay. <laughs> Nothing really happening in my life. Um, I was 22 and I flew out to California to pack my friend and um, she picked me up at the airport. I had never been to California and she said, well, we have to go to Santa Monica and eat outside on the promenade. And so that's what we did. And I remember vividly, I, in California, it was in December, but it was cold here in Kansas city. I had a turtleneck on, yeah. I was like lucky brand jeans. You know, I was very stylish. <laughs> so um, two women were just kind of watching us have lunch and I, you know, could have been in the turtleneck, who knew? Um, and one approached me and said that she was a scout for a upcoming TV show for ABC, asked if I was single and if I would be interested. And um, we took her information. You thought, who is this person? This is a joke. Yeah. Yeah. I thought, if anything, you know, this sounds like something that's filmed in a basement, but you know, I didn't believe it would be on ABC. So my girlfriend had an agent and um, did some asking and sure enough, there was this new concept. And so I went in that week while I was there helping her for a couple interviews, um, which was also a fun process because I got to meet Marky Costello, who's Elvis Costello's daughter. Like that was pretty exciting. <laughs> By the time I got home with my friends um, back to Kansas city, they called and wanted me to join. And could I be back in another week? So it was a really fast turnaround. So they obviously, they told you it was a, a dating show or whatnot, that there's a potential to find your match. I mean, it's funny because you were kind of the same age at that time that people are now, but it's like, oh, you're too young now kind of thing. So were you at the point at that age where you were like, yeah, I want to meet my husband or I want to find something serious? <laughs> That's a good, good point and a good question. Um, I was always kind of made fun of in high school. I remember, I think it was my junior year, um, an English teacher wanted everyone to kind of talk about what event in life or age do they look forward to. And everyone would say, you know, 18 or 21. Mm-hmm. I always said middle age because I thought you have life figured out, right? right? You have your career established or family. 
And I just loved my childhood growing up. And so I couldn't wait to have my own family. So I think at 23, um, I really was excited and spent most of my 20s, unfortunately, more focused on finding a guy and settling down than my own goals and um, kind of establishing my own independence. So which thankfully I found all of that by now in my 40s. But yay. Yeah, yeah, yay. Um, but that definitely threw me off the rails. But yeah, the concept of there's this bachelor and I didn't even get the details. I wanted to go into it just blind. And to be honest, it probably would have been any kind of show I would have went for to be out of my brother's house and vacationing in Malibu. I mean, they had me sold at that. Having a free vacation, basically. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We also have some Facebook questions, so I'll put those in there. Faith Burgess said, what were her expectations and maybe preconceived notions of the show going in? Well, the only program, I mean, I was a fan of MTV, Real World, Road Rules. I watched some of those, but it wasn't really the same premise. Um, I had heard of Who Wants to Marry a Millionaire, I think, the Starbucks Hunger show. Yeah, and so... I was a little nervous it would have that kind of presence or um, that that's what I was looking for. Um, so I was kind of worried how this was going to come off. And little did I know, I should have been probably more worried. Nah. Yeah, I, I really went into it pretty naive, which I think was good for them. What did your friends and family think of you going on the show? They were terrified. I think my friends were excited. They're like, oh, this sounds crazy. Great. But as any other kind of early 20-year-old would, oh, yeah, my family was terrified. And we kind of laugh. My mom's like, I don't know how we just let you do that. (laughs) I really don't know how we just allowed that to happen. I mean, obviously, you had never done a TV show before this. So so can you talk about maybe your first night of filming or your first few days? Like, what just was super surprising to you? about how this show was made or what it's like to be on TV? Was it like the cameras or? Uh, You know, I do appreciate that aspect. I think I was always a little bit curious. Mm -hmm. I think most people are of entertainment. And when you get to see behind the scenes, because it really takes out all the glitz and glamour when you see all the weird cameras and microphones everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) And that's where the alcohol comes in to also help you forget it. Um, I... I was surprised at so the very first night we're all in hotel rooms. We, we are not in the mansion yet. And um, we get called down to go into the limo and you're in the limo with, I don't know, maybe what, five other girls. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's several limos and we go up to the house and they have champagne in the limo for us. No food. This is, I'm thinking it was like around 4 p.m. And we had to wait in the limo with no food, but plenty of alcohol for, I think it was two to three hours just sitting in there before we even got into the house. And then, um, the really sad display of kind of like appetizers because, I mean, this girl eats. I want to (laughs) eat. I can see what you're doing here, people. Yeah. Like this is. And I, I loved to eat, and back then I really loved to drink, and needed both probably together. Um, and so there was just no food. They had tiny little um, potatoes with cheese Whiz, literally cheese Whiz. And 
pieces of celery with cheese whiz. I mean, all of us still laugh about that because we see how the budget has grown. Not that I don't think, I don't think they really let anyone eat anyway still, but <laughs> the rose ceremony, I was really surprised. It was well after 1 or 2 a.m. before we even started the rose ceremony. Yep. So that's the same. It was the same then. Okay. Yeah, same thing for you. It, well, I just remember, obviously, I don't know, we had no concept of time at all, mm-hmm. but we knew it was obvious, like, hello, it's obviously two or three in the morning, but the only concept of time we had was when the people who went home were going outside and it was light out and we were like, yeah. oh, okay, so we're, it's morning now. We just stayed up for 24 hours. Got it. <laughs> well, not a lot has changed. So I guess I would have thought. That would have, they would have kind of like narrowed that down. Nope. It's still <laughs> as long as it could be. <laughs> yeah. And then the retake, you know, um, I remember I got the first rose and then they were like, okay, okay, everyone reset. And I'd have to go put it back. And then they have me go get it three different times. So they could of course get all the expressions. Now I know, um, and edit those in, but yeah, it, I was just kind of surprised, I guess, at how much of a, show you're a part of wow and exhausted (laughs) so obviously the show at or I'm sorry the mansion at that time wasn't the same mansion that we we use now but was it super glamorous was there like how many bedrooms were there I think our house was I guess it depends on everyone's taste level of course um our house was nice and since the ocean view, you could see the dolphins upstairs up the cliff from the kitchen, which I, I loved, but and the pool faced the beach. But there was like hardly any furniture. Um, it was down to the nitty gritty of um, furniture, like the bedrooms. I, we had a bunk up, um, so there were two twin beds um, and then like a tiny dresser. <laughs> it was just very minimal. Um, and then same with his house. I think his was a little bit more homey, but, uh, obviously Chris Harrison has become like a complete staple, but what was he like? I mean, this was obviously his first season hosting too. Like, but was he also like new and fun and excited to be there back then? He was pretty fun. I mean, he would visit a little bit more with Alex and Alex would banter and Alex would tell me, yeah, we, we kind of bantered a lot. And then that, um, the liberation room, looking at all the headshots, which I don't even know if they do that anymore. Um, oh no, yeah. Of picking off the girls with their senior photos is what it looked like. Um, <laughs> he he would really kind of advise him, I think, more than what goes on now. Um, and he had been on HGTV. Like I recognized his voice because, again, me always wanting to be middle aged. I remember Designers Challenge or something. <laughs> he hosted. So I knew who he was when I met him. Um, but he was really laid back. And we even saw him a couple times after we finished filming. We went to his house for like a barbecue. and You and Alex did? Yes. Okay. Yeah. But then that was short-lived. <laughs> so This was an interesting question. Jamie Strusan said, everything seemed much more casual. They were even sitting during one of the rose ceremonies. <laughs> <laughs> so what were the rules like? Like, was it cash? Could they bring cell phones into the house? Yeah, uh, it was very casual. Um, we did a lot of sitting, I think, because we had to stand around all day or we were starved, so we were hungry and fatigued. Uh, we could not have cell phones. Um, 
We could have cell phones around. We weren't even supposed to bring them. Yeah, actually, I think we collected them when we were in the house. I think someone collected all of them. And then when we got down to four and were able to go to hotels, we could have them back, but with limitations. But it was really casual. There was no, there was no instruction of you all have to stand or have a certain attire. I think they just figured that out along the way. I was like, wait, they're sitting? What the heck is going on? It is funny to see. Well, I mean, obviously you started, I think it was with 25 and night one, it was like specifically cut down to 15, which was a pretty significant cut. Um, And as the show goes on, I mean, you could say you might've had like a quote unquote villain or whatever, but you didn't really. Did most people get along in the house? We really did. I think that's the beauty of the first season. I mean, had the same group went in years later. Who's to say, honestly, I think we were all on our best behavior. Um, I, I was most terrified of going into an experience without many women. I mean, I quit a sorority in college. I have three older brothers. I just, girls have never been that nice to me. Um, but, uh, it's going to be hell. Uh, but we did all get along and it was almost the opposite. Like, I always like to mention because it's weird. And again, you probably wouldn't do this or date the same guy. But we would help pick out each other's clothes, excited to hear if something went well on the date. Um, there was no villain. Some definitely were easier to get to know than others. Mm. And there's probably at least 8 to 12 through Facebook that we still keep in touch. Shoot. And Yeah, it is. It's fun to see the updates and their babies. Well, did you, obviously nowadays, it's like people say, oh, she's here for the wrong reasons, or she's here to talk about wanting Instagram followers. Were you guys ever sitting around thinking like, oh, this girl, she wants the Facebook fans. She's not here for the right reasons. Or was it always just, let's just do this thing? (laughs) Um, There were a few females uh, that had agents that had been kind of acting or modeling. And so they got a little bit more heat from some of the other girls about their intentions. Mm. And there were some um, that were curious where this could go, but I don't even think you may not even know of the social media outlet, but Friendster was not even around or MySpace. <laughs> MySpace, I know all about. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I should have prefaced MySpace over Facebook for sure. But I guess I got what you meant. Um, yeah, I don't think I don't remember any of those being available. It was just you could go to ABC's website and there was kind of like blog posts or whatnot awful enough. Yeah, no, I I do want to discuss that for sure. Sure. Okay. So let's talk about your story specifically from the get go. They definitely portrayed you as this like fun, sassy, openly sex person. I mean, was that accurate to who you like wanted to be on the show? Or was that just kind of you? I'm going to be honest about myself and like watching it. You're like, Ooh, you know, a little of both. I mean, it is who I am. And Good. I did say those things that that is true, but it just was disappointing that every experience and conversation was edited down to only me and sex. Or you guys making out or. Yeah. You know, it's, but of course the blonde girl with bigger boobs, like great. You totally made me a character and a stereotype. Um, so I was extremely upset about that. Um, still am. 
<laughs> as you should be. So some of it, for example, one interview that I was just extremely horrified about talking about a trapeze because I couldn't use the term love swing because it's copyrighted. Mm. Yeah, it was not told to me that that was going to be a part of the show. It was a private interview. And so there are some things I would have probably held back. You got the impression that um, maybe as you're doing these private interviews, like this is your time to just like vent and talk and like your private therapy space. Some of them were like that one in particular was before I even met him. It was before the first rose ceremony. And so it was still to me kind of like the audition period, which was not disclosed to my knowledge, mm-hmm. I can remember. So there was just kind of like that personal cringe of like, oh, maybe I wouldn't have said everything um, if I knew that that's all they were going to tell the I know, I know you've, you've said that there were, you know, forums and stuff that were not super friendly. So did you get backlash for at least being presented as that openly sexual kind of woman? Oh, I sure did. Um, I, I got a lot of heat for that. Uh, which I mean, I'm kind of embarrassed because it's, it is a little private. Um, yeah. But I was more hurt by, I mean, I was one of the tallest women there, um, the largest cup size <laughs> there. Yes. When you put a 5'8", 140-pound, triple D female next to Trista, who I don't even know if she's five feet tall, <laughs> yeah. probably a zero. I mean, I am going to look like an Amazon. I mean, you know, you can hide her behind me, I'm sure. Um, does that make me any less desirable no. or, you know, human, human and have a heart and feelings? Like I couldn't believe how ugly people were and, and how big are you, right? Hiding behind a computer. And it just gets worse and worse and worse. So yeah, it's upsetting. So I, I had my first, um, panic attack after that show. I was with Alex, um, and had several and yeah, I, I got crazy depressed because it, it just broke my heart. We have a lot to talk about then. Okay. <laughs> Obviously you get to uh, final three. Did you ever talk to Shannon about like, Obviously, if you guys watched the GOAT episode, you might not remember exactly what happened every moment, but Shannon was top three and she was very much like, I don't want to kiss you. I don't want you to kiss me until I know that I'm the one. And he was kind of like, well, I can't really do that because there's other people here. Like, did the three of you ever talk and she say, like, how far along are your relationships? Or, or were you more private at that time? We were extremely private. Um, you know, Shannon and I, she was, I was one the closest, I would say, um, with her. And we just clicked instantly. And so I was really surprised. Not that I thought she would have been extreme one way or the other, but when I watched the show air, I was extremely surprised at how strong and held back she was that I would never would have imagined. But I think it's pretty great. Oh, heck yeah. (laughs) She stood her ground. Look at her. I'm going to go on a show with 25 women and he's going to choose me without ever even kissing me. That's what's up. (laughs) No test drive. (laughs) (laughs) Well, obviously it gets down to you and Trista, who later becomes The Bachelorette. So it's obvious, if you guys haven't watched, Amanda won. But I'm curious, and Stephanie Christian was as well, if you went into the final day being confident that it was you or thinking it might be Trista? Uh, I felt confident. I had 
um, the night before I had the last like alone time with him and we had a nice time and I just, I honestly wasn't that worried. You know, once the car pulled up to the house, I could hear through one of the, um, one of the producers that was in a car with me, I could hear through their earpiece, Trista's leaving, pull in. And so I was like, okay, would you do that? Would you put the loser second? Like, would you do that? And so in my mind, I started kind of wondering, that kind of changed my feelings. So you went into it maybe feeling a little bit like, okay, well. Yeah, like that's a, that sounds good. You're probably m- maybe thinking, okay, this is good. And then he's going to propose and I'm going to have a ring. So he didn't propose. No. Which you handled quite well, but was there any part of you that was upset that he didn't? Were you expecting him to propose? Um, No. I had even during the interview process said that the only part that kind of bothers me is the potential engagement. Okay. I did not feel like five weeks I probably would be ready to say yes to someone. And so I really wanted to ensure I would not have that pressure. And during our time... I verbalized that with him and and he completely agreed. He's like, yeah, like, I think that's crazy. Well, Harry Winston, you know, of course is like a sponsor or however that works. And so he had to flash the ring. So when he did get down, I was nervous because I thought, we've talked about this. We've talked about this. Don't do this. Cause I didn't know what he was going to do. And so when he said what he said, which was great, it was smart, just the right thing. It, it, you know, it's just this awkward TV moment. It's like, <laughs> I mean, know. you handled it really well. It, it seemed very natural for the two of you to not get engaged, but it also did seem yeah. like quite romantic. So it, it was a fitting ending. So you guys finished the show. You don't have a ring, but you're in a relationship, I guess you could say. Did you guys have what they would call now like the happy couple weekends between the final day and the show airing, or were you just apart from each other that whole time? Um, we had some time together. The show finished like late February and then it started airing in April. So we had into May. So we had about two months realistically um, time-wise where we were apart. So halfway in between, they took us to uh, Mexico for a few days to see each other. And then we had a special cell phone number um, we had a call, a certain number that would route us to each other so they couldn't find in our cell phone records. There was some secretiveness there. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, it was. <laughs> the show starts airing. Did you and Alex watch together? Did you watch at all? I know a lot of couples, they have a difficult time watching everything back again, especially when other relationships are involved. I watched it at home with my brother's family. My sister-in-law has been like a sister. She's been in our life since I was young. Um, since I was just like fourth grader. So um, I would watch it with her and uh, cry with her. <laughs> and I would call Alex after because um, we couldn't be together when it aired. Um, and so I had a lot of phone calls to try and cope because I, I mean, kind of like Shannon's mindset, you don't, you don't think it's going to be perfect but you don't realize how far things could go. Mm-hmm. And they definitely made it look like things went a lot farther than it did um, between he and myself. Um, and then I find out, you know, he had a little bit more further <laughs> advanced uh, activity with some others. And uh, so it was hard to get through that. 
um, but it's what I signed up for and it, it took some time. Did you have a moment maybe with him where, where he felt like, okay, let me try to run through everything that happened. Let me prepare you for all of this. I thought maybe he would have. And so since he didn't, I assumed I knew everything there was to know. And, um, and that wasn't the case. And even with the editing, you don't see one of his other dates go quite the route it went, but some of the girls told me what happened. Um, and so then I'm like, Hey, <laughs> when were you going to tell me that? Why haven't you told me about this situation? Yeah. here? Was it hurtful at all? I know, I know Trista said when she was not chosen, uh, that he had said, it's you. Mm-hmm. Did that hurt you? Um, not really. I felt bad for her. Okay. But I just never would have put him on the spot like that. I thought watching it, I thought she got down to kind of this desperate hour and was like, I'm not ever going to be engaged. Maybe I will get engaged. And just really, and that was two nights before the final rose. Um, It was the night before my alone date with him. And so I thought, ah, she's putting hardcore press on him. Thankfully backfired because she's in a great place in life. We're all good. Everything happened the way that it should have. Everything works out. I mean, the way that you talk about it doesn't seem like you were completely happy with the way that you looked on the show. I mean, did you, were you and Alex happy, upset, frustrated with the way that both of you looked both as a couple and individually? Yeah, he was disappointed as well um, that it was just, so sexually focused Mm -hmm. um, because we just got along so well and, you know, laughed and had great conversation that just was so natural and easy and easy. And you don't really get to see any of that. Yeah. (laughs) It just looks like, Oh, they seem physically compatible. Great. These two love to kiss and they know how, and clearly it works, but when do they ever talk? We never know. Exactly. Exactly. Who needs communication? <laughs> so he felt similarly. Yes, yes, he definitely did. He agreed. And, you know, then there's this, well, we're in a relationship, and I was nervous what his family thought, you know, I'm going to be seeing them. And we went on vacation with his family after the show, and I just always kind of wanted to think a little bit, just embarrassed of, well, I'm glad your dad knows all of that. Well, I mean, you'd hope they would know, but. I know. Let's get a closer look into your relationship post-show. Obviously, we know you're not together anymore, but you moved to California, which is what he asked, he kind of proposed to you on the show. So you go there. There was a a clip uh, of like a behind-the-scenes that didn't actually air from the Greatest of All Time episode where you got a little bit more into you moved to California and you had a hard time kind of finding your groove. Is that accurate? Yes, it was. Um, you know, he wanted me to move to California, not in with him. We didn't have that conversation. And I don't know, like, had he just said, you know, will you move in with me? I probably would have said no. Okay. It's kind of, we did this weird reset once you're back home. It's like, oh, man, I was in this, like, cloud. Could you agree that you come off of it and you were on this high and then you kind of get into the real world and you're like, wait, do I really know anything about you? Like, I feel like I have to learn so much about you. 
Exactly. You have to start really all over because none of that is reality. I mean, have, being chauffeured around, not having to worry about bills. Having champagne delivered to you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that is just definitely not real. Um, it's so not real that I remember he had like an early 1980 Honda Civic with the hood duct taped down and the passenger door. And I had to crawl across his driver's seat to get out at an MTV uh, music award party. I was like, what the hell? What is this? <laughs> like, this, this is real, okay? I figured you'd have a BMW or something. <laughs> exactly. Which I think made it even more kind of charming. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I lived, I stayed with my cousin, who he was living in Burbank and was sweet and let me just kind of crash there while I was trying to figure out, like, well, I'm going to need a job. And the show had nothing to do with us trying to relocate or help, which I do assume they are better about that now. I don't know. Um, One would hope. We were just kind of stranded and I didn't know what to do. I didn't know. felt like I had this expectation since I had been on TV that I should have a certain type of career and not another type. Um, And it's expensive to live in California. And then he started chasing entertainment and got quit his job, um, had an agent, and and that was surprising. I did not know that was his aspiration. (laughs) And so I felt really lost. Uh, I didn't know who he was anymore. Um, I definitely wasn't clicking with anyone in California. I didn't want to be involved in the entertainment world. At least that was coming to me, like Playboy and things of that nature. And so I had a phone call from a radio station that I was a guest on in Kansas City, um, 98.9 The Rock, and they said, we'd love to hire you and give you a DJ position and have you on the morning show. Um, so guest every now and then. And I said, yep, <laughs> I will be right back. I'll move. Bye. <laughs> let me, let me time this out for everybody. So from the point where he says, we'll have my final rose to the point you leave California. Can you maybe map that out time-wise of how long that was? Sure. That was towards um, like the end of February is when the show finished filming. And then it aired kind of April, early May, maybe mid-May. And so I was in Kansas City with family. And so the end of May, I was able to see him, went to California till about probably mid-July. Okay. So in July, I started working for the radio station. So you knew pretty quickly, like, I don't, this isn't my vibe. Mm -hmm. Then you move back to Kansas. So this makes more sense now. You're in a long-distance relationship. You continued your relationship. At that point, had, had you ever, like, during the course of your relationship gotten past, like, I'm sure a lot of people were like, when are you guys getting married? Like, what are the marriage timelines you guys probably never even discussed marriage at all right no I it wasn't even on my mind um I was just trying to figure out kind of first things first is well we both got to get jobs aren't you gonna get a job I need a job are we gonna get a job (laughs) or are we gonna try to just be entertainers all this time I didn't know that was what we were gonna do so so how long were you in a long distance relationship we continued to date until about March the following year. Okay. So long distance, what would that be, like nine months, um, where I was in Kansas City and he was in, he had moved to Brentwood, uh, California. And we would see each other quite often. I would either fly and go stay with him for a week or two, 
or he'd fly to Kansas City and I had a loft um, downtown and he'd stay with me. Um, or if there was some sort of interview or something media related in New York, um, we'd meet there. So we made it work. Um, it went well. I, I remember him coming to Kansas City for uh, my birthday and staying. And, you know, it was working, but my mind, again, that kind of like getting to middle age. Um, where is this going to go? Like, how we, we can't just do this forever. Are you going to move to Kansas City? Am I going to try California again? You know, there, it did get down to that kind of point. What ultimately led to the, okay, we're not doing this anymore? Was it that, that you just couldn't see a future? Yeah, he didn't want to let go of the entertainment. Um, he had some opportunities. He wasn't flooded with them by any means, but he had done like some kind of short film. And that's when I just realized, you know, you're not quite planning for, for a we. You're still looking out for, like, where you're going. And I, that's not enough for me. And so when you mention something like, I was offered Playboy, do you say that in terms of, I was offered something really cool, but I didn't want it because that's not why... I entered this relationship. People wanted to know, like, wow, bachelor people don't get offered Playboy anymore. Like, what is that? Well, maybe it was more of a popular thing back then. Yeah. So expand on this Playboy concept. Uh, well, ABC, um, some of the higher ups at ABC Network had emailed me and said, anytime I'd have like an offer and remember Playboy one, and one of the higher ups was like, you know, this isn't really a good time for this. And I said, well, you know, I'm not interested in this and it's not going to be your opinion, actually. I mean, I was like, I'm done <laughs> with you guys. Bye-bye. But, you know, the true nature of, I mean, I was flattered. I will say that. I do think beautiful women are in there and they do a very lovely job. So I know it would have been a very lovely photo spread, but I don't want the world to see all of that. Like, to me, even though I'm out there and said and shared way too much, I'm super private in an odd way. <laughs> like, hey, that makes sense. Just for my man. Um, and then terrified me to think if and when I have children and they were to see that, I would just die. So, I mean, it's cool that, that someone from the show was given such an exciting opportunity and still said, no, that doesn't align with like where I'm trying to go. You know, a lot of people I think nowadays would be like, yeah, yeah let's do it. Sure. So that was an interesting kind of concept there. Well, thank you. People wanted to know in general, like, what worked about your relationship and what didn't? Sure. Um, there's always kind of this what if, you know, with things. Mm-hmm. Um, had they done a better job at helping our relationship, maybe helping connect me with people for employment um, or help for a few months, some rent or something, you know, to where we could be together, there probably was a higher success rate. I think we got along great. We had so much in common. Um, had it been, even if, if he wouldn't have wanted this to start him, we probably would have continued to be together a lot longer than what we did, to be honest. My, my family liked him. I, I liked his family. His sisters are hilarious. Um, they were a lot of fun. So I, I think just the different goals. Um, it wasn't really hmm. 
character flaws. <laughs> Here's something I do want to ask, and it's something that Trista said. She said that Alex called her after filming ended and said he made a mistake. Is that true? I heard that too. Um, she, it's hard to say what's true really, but I think with the two of them. And that did eat at our relationship for several months. Okay. They told Alex, maybe you should talk to her. She's begging you to see her after he already picked me. And I was like, back off. <laughs> like, I don't really want that. And, and he didn't. Um, and then, you know, I, I heard her say that, but I also saw the letters that she wrote him. He showed them to me. She sent him tons of letters. Now, how many he sent back, I don't know. So you would say that based on what you saw, she was presenting more of like, I want you than he was presenting to her. And so that wasn't as troubling. Right. That was what I saw. And that's kind of what he was telling me. And then, of course, then the next fact is the truth. Um, so who knows how much he was involved mm. kind of leading her into that. But I definitely know she was contacting him. And, and then when we weren't real sure how things were going to go, I mean, she even called me um, after the show aired. We kind of let each other know if anyone from our past or someone pretended to know us was saying anything and just trying to protect each other. And um, I remember her and some of the girls had mentioned that they were kind of in touch. And I was like, this is weird. Because it, it, it blows my mind because the whole idea of going on the show, I didn't believe I was going to like him. I thought I'm just going on a vacation. I'm just having fun. Let's have a free vacay. <sighs> and then you end up liking him and then you get really defensive and into it. Like, oh, my God, this is really insane. Well, I mean, and I, it would really I would think it would hurt me when, you know, he chose me and then I find out he's still communicating with the other girl that mm -hmm. he didn't, you know, choose in any capacity. That would be quite bothersome to me. Yeah, yeah. Trust is um, hard to earn and have in such an unconventional way of meeting and dating. Um, it, it took several months. Um, and then, you know, at some point it's like, well, we're still together. I just let it go. Not really 100% sure of who was pursuing the other. I don't know if this time's out like based on breakup and then filming, but were you ever considered for bachelorette? They, I wondered about this. So when it was down to the two of us, um, a couple of the producers asked me, would you ever consider uh, being the bachelorette? You know, like you're so fun and this, and thinking back to that time in society, yeah, I thought, hell no, because <laughs> I'm going to be, you know, seen as, or any female, I just didn't see that it would come off well, um, no matter the best intentions of the woman. Um, and so I said no. And so I did always wonder, like, well, did that help turn the tables at the end? Like, well, Trista said she would. Uh, but then I asked Alex that, and he's like, no way, that had nothing to do with it. I mean, I feel like if I were to have done the show and end up with my bachelor, I would I would never be able to trust like how the process worked. I'd be like, did you really pick me for this? And did you really want this date for this? I do too. Well, I, Alex said, he's like from night one, there was like four or five girls that I knew I would probably want to date. The rest were all sellers. Yeah. So you have to make it entertaining. Let's touch a little bit on 
on kind of what I would call like the cyberbullying, which it's funny because when people think of it back then, they think, oh, the sh it's gotten so much worse and like online and social media, it's changed so much, which it probably has, like it's gotten a lot more aggressive. But I think people forget that even back then, there were ways that people could cyberbully you. So, sure. So, what was that like for you? Like, did you feel prepared for the level of scrutiny that you received from the public? Not at all. I mean, I don't know how it went when you were leading the show, but I remember I was in a hotel room before I flew out of California after filming, and they had a psychiatrist, allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> maybe 10 questions. <laughs> I mean, she dressed like one, is what you would stereotypically see. Oh my God. And the podcast now. End it now. I'm dead. <laughs> she looked up for her license. But... Let's actually search her public records, find out. <laughs> it was, though, when I think back, I'm like, she came into my hotel room, which is weird. And I wish I could remember the questioning. I just remember thinking, like, you're a kook. Like, this is just weird. Uh, I'm deceased. Okay, sorry. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> We're back. We're back. But in reality, I'm like, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You check the box. Like, you're fine. You're fine. You came out of this fine. And here you go. Go back home. Um. And I think a little bit not knowing that this was going to be such a hit or viewed, I guess I should use not even hit. It was just viewed by so many people. Had viewers. a lot of, yeah, viewers, yeah. And forum is probably the correct term of like on the website, these forums where, no, and I shouldn't have looked, but you can't help it. You can't help yourself. It's impossible to say, don't look, don't look. Are you kidding? No. And I'm a little bit of... It's kind of funny to say this, and maybe once people get to know me, they don't believe it anymore, but I was then especially a uh, people pleaser. Like, I like to be liked. Yeah. And so, ooh, it was really brutal. But um, I didn't really mind people kind of teasing and saying stuff because I was so open with, like, my sexuality. I was more hurt by the physical comments because... Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like to have fun, and that's between me and my partner. You know, I don't care what you think about it, but to make fun of me physically when you've never even seen me in person. I mean, I went to movie premieres, and I see some of these celebrities, and they look nothing like they do on TV, you know, like size-wise. Yeah. Like, proportions are so different. Right. And so, um, so that, oh gosh, that really, um, that hurts. And I'm on medication a lot. I'm not, unfortunately, healthy. I have autoimmune problems, and so I'm on steroids quite often. And so I'm already hard on myself because weight would fluctuate. Um, I'd never looked at myself as overweight, not that there's something wrong with that either. But, um, yeah, it, it, it killed me. Um, I got really depressed. It caused my autoimmune to flare. I was on antidepressants. I had my first panic attack. Um, it was awful. Yeah, I remember it well. It was horrible. And I felt like there was no support. Oh, I had nothing. I had none. I had no one. Um, they didn't call and check on me. Um, I was, once that aired, they called once because they needed us to do an interview before Trista's show to, like, look at this happy couple. Um, and we didn't get paid. I mean, every now and then we had, like, a per diem or something. But we didn't get paid. Um, it was all our own clothes. Sometimes we had hair and makeup. 
but yeah, I, I was not prepared and there was zero support and, and no one around me that has went through this to understand what I went through. I definitely was angry at the show for a long time, but I do think that there's like a major responsibility in, um, yeah, you know, we sign a contract and we agree to do this, but we don't know when we sign that contract, the, the, the level of the, the beast that we are going into. And there is a responsibility for people's lives and people's mental health. Yeah. I, I like you, I was very angry and I turned to any interview was, um, I remember telling us weekly, careful what you say in reality TV, because it can and will be used against you. And I did a, a little thing with, um, like the star magazine because I would watch an episode and kind of make fun of it mm-hmm. with a, a co-writer um, because I was just so angry. It's like, I did not want the show to do well because I felt um, unsupported. I felt the relationship was unsupported. And even for all these years, it's like I put myself out there and helped make it entertaining. And there was, I've never been checked on until this recap um, this year. This is the first time they've contacted me in 18 years. Okay. So I was really bitter, but I wanted to share how I turned my life around and the positive that I'm doing because a lot of it is because of that show, why I chose to focus on what I do. I'm glad they showed that. Yeah, me too. When when they cut Chris out and kind of my extended explanation of my career choice, I was livid and I was texting the producers and I was posting on my Instagram match.com. Don't, you know, try match.com. Well, that was, that was one of my questions. And I I do want to talk about Chris, but when I, I hadn't heard from them in, in years. Um, and then I get a call that this is coming around again. And I, I was very, I mean, it was a, it was a difficult decision because it's like, this stuff is going to air either way. Right. So it's like, I'm either the person who faces it and, and I have to put my faith in them again and hopefully it works out this time or, or it's just, they air it again and then there's nothing. And I don't want that either. No apprehension is exactly the correct term when they called me. Um, I, I was like, just like you said, and like my fiance, cause I, I didn't know what to do. I wasn't convinced I was going to participate but I thought, okay, well, I need to try and share my story and take control of any way I can um, because I am very proud of where I am in life and, and worked hard. And I, and I want others to feel really good and, um, and, and not feel alone and understand the full process. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I was texting the producers and so they came up with that deleted scene. A lot of people want to know if you have any insight or in any thoughts into why Alex has distanced himself from the show as much as he has. Um, you know, he's never really said anything to me. I mean, we kept in touch till I've been doing the math. I think it was like six years ago is the last time I, I heard from him. But honestly, they haven't been supportive of him like he took a lot of heat and had a lot of um, things out in the media about how like he's one of the worst bachelors and, and kind of made fun of and it's like well this was a totally different show back then than it is now in, in, in terms of like appearance and promotion and um and, and so I think they 
also dropped him, I don't think. And because we didn't end up together, also maybe is maybe that happened. I mean, I, I don't know, but um, I'm proud. Bye. Yeah, like I'm, I'm done with this. Um, the producers asked if I would reach out to him again, even though it had been six years and even though I'm engaged and have your adult, your own life now. Right. That's if I would reach out because they, he just won't reply. I'm like, well, take a clue. Um, they found a picture of him and they shared it with me of him and his children on vacation last December, which precious. So, so cute. Um, so I, I love that he's happy and I really love that he's walked away. Bye. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about your dermatology practice, how you got into it. And then of course you want to hear about Chris, Chris Evans, not the Maver- Captain America, Chris Evans. <laughs> right. He is, he is my own superhero though. We joke about that. So let's, let's hear about your life now. Oh yes. Well, um, I'm very blessed. I, after the show, um, you know, finished airing within that same year, I was diagnosed with skin cancer. And so that was kind of eye opening. Um, I was always the girl panning with baby oil and I'm really fair skin. So, (laughs) but no one educated me on that. And I'd never seen a dermatologist. Um, and then along with kind of the body shaming, um, I just was driven to work with people always interested in science my whole life, um, kind of blew off med school and then the bachelor thing happened. And so it's like, all right, I'm going to reset and restart. Um, so I went back to school, became an RN worked in dermatology for four years where the doctor I worked with mentored me and um, I went back to school, graduate school to become a nurse practitioner. And that's why now I work in dermatology and my focus is general dermatology as well as cosmetic. Um, And I want everyone to feel special and love themselves and be the best version of themselves. Um, So I'm, I'm really big. If there's, cosmetic side is pretty low. I, that's not my biggest interest, but, um, I definitely am not going to take a photo that you bring in of a celebrity and make you look like that. No, thanks. Just walk right out, please. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No more Kardashians. Okay. (laughs) And so, um, yeah, I, and a lot of it's because of the heat I took for how I look and how I'm different and I don't fit in this box that people wanted me to be in. Um, so that, that made me really passionate, and, um, and that's what I try and focus the message on when I, when I see patients. And that kept me very busy. And then once I was established, I needed love. You went on Match.com. And I went on Match.com. <laughs> I wasn't really going out to bars anymore. I didn't think, you know, I'd meet someone that way. And so, yeah, I tried Match.com and um, met Chris, who... Is amazing. He's never been engaged or married. Um, and he didn't know I was on the show. He's never watched a show. He probably would say he can't stay on those types of shows. Um, but on our first date, a waitress recognized me. This was just four and a half years ago. I was, I was like, oh, God. I have, like, I haven't had enough wine yet. I wasn't ready to tell this story yet. It's for date number five. Ugh. <laughs> right. Or never. <laughs> it could have gone under the radar, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, darn it. Well, okay. So match.com, you are a sponsor. Great. <laughs> I know. I know. 
I know at COVID times, wedding planning is weird. Are, are Do you have like a, a plan in, in motion or are you just kind of enjoying engagement and not rushing? We're enjoying um, our engagement. This COVID is uh, pretty awful. We can't even wrap our minds around getting married and how we could safely do that just yet. Um, you know, we live together, we're renovating a home. And so we are plenty busy. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so we're enjoying that. Um, other than, you know, a beautiful ceremony and kind of a memorable experience, there's not going to be anything that changes. You have a daughter, right? I do have a 10 year old daughter, Chloe. Oh, Chloe. I love that name. Thank you. She's so sweet. She's really sweet. Um, I hope she never, ever sees the show. So you guys haven't watched it together? Um, yeah, absolutely not. No. And you know, when she was a baby, um, I did a few Where Are They Now? Like the People magazine, something really kind of safe, um, what I thought was safe. Um, and then I just stepped away. I've been busy with school and all of that. Um, and they asked if she would be on the GOAT episode. And I was just, this is not a good idea. I didn't even talk, discuss it with her dad. I'm like, it's not really a family program. Good choice. But she was aware I was on TV. Her friends at school, her mothers know, and she doesn't care. Nothing I do is cool to the 10-year-old. <laughs> when was the last time someone came up to you and said, can we take a picture together? I know you're Amanda. I don't know. Um, so it doesn't, it doesn't happen that much? No, no. It's probably been years. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah, people come up and, you know, ask or want to say hi or I, I liked the show or do you watch it? Ask me something. Um, I haven't been asked for a photo in quite some time. <laughs> I'm old news, babe. <laughs> You're new news to me. The way you talk about it doesn't make it seem like you keep up with the show at all. I don't. The last season I watched was in 2005. It was London Calling. It was a British Bachelor. Yes. Kind of enough was enough. I don't know. I would get a little bitter. The dates got better. The locations. <laughs> I, like, I mean, I love going to New York. New York's amazing, but that was my exotic date. Didn't you guys go to Vegas too or something? Uh, some of the other group dates did. Not everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. That was like the first group date with Lenise. Yes. Yeah. And I love Lenise. We keep in touch. She's wonderful. Good to know that you guys are still friends 18 years later. Though. Yeah. That's the cool thing about this show. I will give it that. It is cool. We are planning to get together, hopefully. So let's get a big group gals trip together of all the bachelor gals who from every year. <laughs> that would be so crazy. I'm down for it. I would go. I would love to see you in person. I think we'd have a lot to talk about. <laughs> it's already been an hour. I'm so sorry I went over my time. It was just such a fun conversation. Okay. So fun. So thank you so much. We adore you here at Mouthing Off and... You 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 got over a thousand followers, but we want to push you if you're open to it. <laughs> Only if you're open to it. You bet. I can entertain you with a lot of derm knowledge. So, <laughs> it's isn't it Amanda Marsh Caldwell? Yes, it is. Guys, it's a big follow. Come on, this is the first winner ever of The Bachelor. <laughs> I, I think it's always interesting for people to see where are they now and what does someone do after the life of reality TV. Um, well, I'm back to reality. This has been such a great time. Thank you so much. Let's plan a Las Vegas trip together. <laughs> <laughs> I, know. I think we could get into trouble. <laughs>
I'll be your older, older sister. Let's get a trapeze and we'll go wild. <laughs> get back to your life. I really appreciate everything. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate you too. <laughs> Bye, Take hun. care.